You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Season 2 of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you find something interesting. Or maybe something spooky. Or maybe something just... Mysterious. This is Terry from Texas with another episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Tonight I want to talk about hotels. And I don't want to I don't want to tell the same old tired stories about the seaside hotels or the lakeside hotels or the riverside hotels where ladies have died waiting for their husbands or men folk to come home from the sea and have pined themselves away and ultimately ended their lives in the hotel one way or another. I want to talk about some other, a little bit more unique places. First place I want to talk about is the Hotel Congress in Tucson, Arizona. The Hotel Congress opened in 1919, and it is listed as Arizona's longest continuously operated hotel. It's been fully renovated and restored, and I'm sure it's probably been done that way a couple of times in its life. It is a Mission Spanish Revival property. And it is part hotel, part award-winning restaurant and bar, and part world-renowned nightclub all wrapped into one. There are 40 guest rooms, and they are done in the period of the hotel when it came into being, and otherwise outfitted with vintage items. Wherever you look in the hotel, you see the past, because that's the way they built it. One of the bars is called Tiger's Tap Room, and another place is called Club Congress. But the Hotel Congress, they call it more than just a hotel because, and I've never heard of this, but that doesn't mean much, that it's the state's original rock and roll destination venue. Okay. The hotel, with that being set aside, the hotel has a full slate of annual events, something they do every year. In January, they have Dillinger Days because in 1934, John Dillinger and his gang had finished a whole spate of Midwest robberies and decided to lay low in Tucson, Arizona, get the heat off before they could go back to their area. Well, it just so happened that while Dillinger was at the hotel, there was a fire that started in the basement. And for some reason, it went to the third floor. Kind of a specific fire, if you ask me. The gang was notified by 
the hotel clerk to get out because of the fire and they escaped using fire department ladders which were raised to the window so they could get down but at the request of the gang and and this is chutzpah to me they had the firemen go back into their room and get their heavy luggage the firemen were suspicious as to why their luggage was so heavy and of course it was so heavy because they were loaded down with guns i'm sure somehow the police were tipped off and the gang was captured without incident bounce forward to 1994 60 years later and the hotel congress has celebrated the capture of the famed bank robbers with a weekend of special events each january obviously they are a live music venue they are pet friendly and they are ghost accommodating (laughs) they do put out a noise alert they say that the hotel congress is an urban historic hotel your room may be affected by plaza by nightclub or by street noise there are no discounts or refunds for noise problems but earplugs are available at the front desk that's mighty nice of them don't you think but they suggest if you can't beat them join them but what about the ghosts what about the more ethereal visitors to the hotel well as i mentioned earlier the congress originally opened in 1919 the third floor burnt down in 34 since the hotel congress reopened in its more current form in 1985 rumors of ghosts have been bandied about all the time in room 242 supposedly there was a woman who committed suicide well there's that old story again but a woman committed suicide there's no other information on that death many guests will refuse to stay in that room due to the uncomfortable feelings that they get while in the room because they have so many ghosts reported in this hotel in october for halloween they have a month set up of illusions and seances on what's left of the third floor. Now, I don't know if they rebuilt the outside of the third floor and just didn't finish it out inside or what. But they say it's a fun and creepy time. Well, that's great that they can do that. I don't know if Dillinger's people go back to the hotel or if Dillinger himself shows up. The Crescent Hotel overlooking Eureka Springs, Arkansas is our next destination it is called the 1886 crescent hotel and spa it is a palatial structure originally used as a hospital by a crook a charlatan by a quack who claimed he could cure cancer many people trusted this man with their lives and they lost they gambled and lost because the man was a quack he couldn't cure the common cold the hotel is listed as one of the more common locations for women to choose as their destination weddings. It's called the wedding capital of the South. But every night of the year, it's recorded that dozens of different people going up and down the hallways and stairwells and stairways and inside the five-story building, they are going on ghost hunts. And the Crescent is called America's Most Haunted Hotel. At the end of every ghost tour, they go down to the morgue in the basement. They say it's quite spooky down there that a lot of things have happened. There's been the smell of pipe tobacco of a cherry flavor that supposedly was the quack doctor who ran the hospital was what he smoked. A lot of different people have trained to be ghost tour guides at the Crescent. That's what they do. And they use pseudonyms to call themselves. For instance, one such lady is Aunt Reba. And Aunt Reba fell in love with the Crescent when she moved to Eureka Springs. And she had her first unexplainable event when she was a tourist. And she got that cherry pipe tobacco smell. And it wasn't until two years later when she was training to be a tour guide 
that she understood about the doctor using that, that tobacco. She has since then detected the smell of the tobacco a couple of times, once while alone and once while with the tour group. With the tour group, there were 24 people in there, and several people in the tour group smelled the cherry pipe smoke. That's really unusual because the hotel is a non-smoking facility, has been for years. The next tour guide name is Duchess Deborah, and she's also an actress in a two-person paranormal play given at the hotel on Friday and Saturday nights. The play is called Not Really a Door. And she was on stage with her co-star during a recent performance. And in the one scene that they were doing, they both stop and say, Ghost! at the same time. And when they said that, four books flew off the shelf that were used as props. Like somebody had thrown them like a frisbee. They went out toward the audience and nobody got hurt. It made everybody realize, hey, this place could just be what they say it is. The next tour guide, Sweet Lady Sandra, had one woman excitedly announced during a tour that she clearly saw and emphatically heard a man with a buzz-cut hairstyle saying the words, What about my treatment? Two others on the same tour said they saw in their peripheral vision a blurred figure of a man go by in that same vicinity at that same moment. The tour guide named Miss Catherine was standing at the very bottom of the hotel's open staircase with her tour group, pausing before they started the winding way down to the morgue. And while they were all standing still, Catherine got a chill. The two ladies next to her, both pale, then suddenly asked, Did anyone feel that? It's the little girl. She's here. I can feel her. They were referring to the story of the little girl that reportedly fell to her death from the fourth floor railing sometime during the early years of hotel operations. Where she supposedly landed was the exact spot where the tour group was standing during the chilling experience. To add to this story, one man in the group said, Oh my, look at this photo. A photo he had just taken prior to the lady's verbal declaration. He passed his camera around and clearly everyone could see a foggy mist in the shape of a little girl standing right next to the three women. There is a website that the hotel has that you can send photos that you've taken and find something unusual in. Unfortunately, he didn't do that, but he said he would, and they're wondering what happened, because mostly people, when they capture something on a digital camera, they send it in. The tour guide named Major Tom had a man and wife on a recent tour that were at odds on the paranormal. He didn't believe she did. The husband was quiet during the tour, and he gave the attitude of, no, this is all guff. Things were about to change. When they get to the morgue and they finish the tour, they turn the lights out in the morgue with the tour group in the room and guests standing next to the autopsy table in the walk-in cooler that once held bodies and body parts during that nasty cancer-curing phase of the building are encouraged to take digital photos to see if they could catch an orb. Now, I'm not a fan of orbs, but other people are, so if it's not my experience, I can't say anything about it. But anyway, when Major Tom's back was turned, he suddenly heard a scream and he looked around and everybody watched as this guy who didn't believe in anything bolted out the door. They turned the lights on and they got the man to come back in after calming him down a bit. And he had to admit that he had seen an orb pass between his face and his camera. I don't know what that was. Nobody else does. But he apparently became a believer in the paranormal that day. And plus, his wife had something to tell on him when they got home. 
The guide named Willow had a strange morgue experience. They carry EMF meters, that's electromagnetic field meters. Supposedly when a spirit is nearby, it disrupts the electromagnetic field, makes it grow stronger or something, and, it, and this meter detects that. Well, a lady said that she sensed one particular area was just hot with energy. So Willow laid her meter down and the meter went crazy. It started flashing and beeping. Suddenly she said, if there is indeed a spirit in this room, please make the meter slow down. And the meter slowed down immediately. After a few moments of heartbeat-like pulses on the meter, the spirit was asked to speed the meter up. And it did for a few more moments and then it went dormant. Apparently the spirit had used all of its power and disappeared. But there was another guide named Marshall John Law. He had a really strange experience there. After they turned the lights out in the morgue, they then, when they turn the lights back on, ask if anybody wants to spend a little time in the cooler in the morgue. He got a response. A lady and her 12-year-old son cautiously stepped forward. They put him in the room, turned out the lights, and shut the door. And the lady had her video camera with her. However long it took them, they opened the door, and the boy came out like he was about to be sick, and the mother said, please move, he is getting sick. And he sat down in a chair that they have for that very occasion, and they said that it's a common thing that people come out of the cooler and feel ill. I don't know if that's because it was in a morgue cooler or because something supernatural happened. She showed everybody what she filmed with her camera. She said, you've got to see this. There was a light, there was colored light coming from a dot high over the boy's head, illuminating his face just enough for recognition. One dot did not fade like the others, but began swinging back and forth. As this light did begin to fade, a larger, brighter white light, as bright as a camera flash, it was said, appeared and continued to glow just above her son's head. It slowly descended and disappeared as though it had gone into the boy's head, and then suddenly it reappeared as it escaped just before the door was opened. It is said that something as bizarre as these stories does not happen every night on every tour, but sometimes they do happen. It is this unknown factor in these documented accounts that have made the ghost stories here in the Crescent Hotel so popular. That's why believers and non-believers can coexist on our tours. Some come to find proof, some come to debunk, but all come to have fun. And that's what the Crescent Hotel Ghost Tours are all about. The next story is about the Napa River Inn in California. And the Napa River Inn is a nice little hotel that's obviously in the heart of Napa in the wine country in California. It has a report of at least one ghost. When the original building was built in 1884, it was a feed store, it was a warehouse. On the second floor, they built a skating rink, and the skating rink was paneled out with tongue and groove white rock maple planking from Chicago. Now, in 1912, on April 1st, Albert Hatt Jr., the son of the owners, hung himself from a wooden beam in the warehouse. The building has never been the same, and they say that it's very haunted. Now, over a century later, the old feed store was converted into the Napa River Inn, and they've got more than just bottled spirits there. The assistant general manager of the hotel, Sarah Brooks, said, We get quite a few people specifically requesting to stay in a haunted room. And then we get quite a few people specifically requesting not to stay in a haunted room. There's a lady named Jonna Miller, who is a paranormal researcher and author. She wrote a book called, it was a historical fiction book called Haunting for Time. And she has cataloged many local places there in California that claim to be haunted. She had heard of the Napa River Inn and the tale of Hat Jr. when he hung himself at the age of 46. 
Mr. Hatt was a recent widower with five children. He suffered from poor health and business troubles. The place where he actually hung himself is now the location of what is called Sweetie Pie's Bakery. Room 208, the room directly above the bakery and the, its neighboring rooms, have seen numerous reports of paranormal activity. The manager said a few people said they've seen people dressed in period garb and try to talk to them, and then they disappear. Most of the comments are from guests who say something mysteriously moved items in their room, said Ms. Brooks. Some guests have more intense experiences. Recently, two women stayed in a room complained that in every photo they took in the hotel, one woman's face would appear blurry. The women came to the front desk showing Brooks 15 pictures on their digital camera and left. She said they really flipped out. They checked out a day early. We know that not everyone is cut out for ghost hunting, but for those who want to travel to different places and experience it properly, they must keep an open mind and bring a camera. The lady who goes there apparently says, I never go anywhere without my camera. She's apparently into ghosts a lot. They even have locals in a, a community called Vallejo. I think it's pronounced V-A-L-L-E-J-O. Vallejo has its haunted areas, especially Mare Island. There was a woman on who lived in Vallejo who lives in the new housing on Mare Island and said she's seen some military ghosts on the Causeway Bridge. People have seen different people walking across and they've just disappeared into the mist. Now that's all the stories that I'm going to tell this time. I've got more, more hotels that are haunted and not really classical haunting, so I'll put them in another story. But I want to thank you for tuning in this week and listening to this episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. This is episode 24 of the second season, so we are, we are about at halfway through the second season because I've missed a couple of shows. I want to thank you for listening, being faithful, and checking in every week or so. Uh, for those who respond to Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook, thank you. I appreciate any comments you make. I appreciate the fact that you will like the comments that I make. Of course, you can listen to me here on the Real Paranormal Activity app. If you have it, great. If you want it, all you got to do is go to your app store on your Apple phone or your Android. Download the RPA app. You can have access to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter on Mondays. You can, wa- you can listen to Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail on Tuesdays. Listen to Terry's Mysterious Moments with me on Wednesdays. And on Thursdays, you can listen to The Sandman Lullaby with Patrick Sean Jones. You download the app. You don't have to go to a podcatcher to find our shows. You just click on the app, and there you are. Again, remember to listen to the other shows. RPA is going through some exciting times and we appreciate it and i thank you for being regular listeners here and and tuning in and, and downloading and whatever else you do with the podcast so that's all i have for this week but i want to make sure that each of you know that you are appreciated and i am thankful that you listen i want you to have a great week i want you to be careful be safe be happy talk to you next time. Bye-bye.